Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know that sound. It is the unfiltered band means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. This one officially go down as app number 143 already. As you can jump on board if you're belated or not, the Unfiltered Revolution over on my uh, Twitter at Casey Stern. Get in the bio, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the videos, watch all the interviews and conversations. And as always, thank you to the Unfiltered Band. It's good to have everybody on board. Excited about uh, what we're putting out. And I'm going to call this one in episode 143, going back to something I used to hear when I uh, went to school there and then when I covered the, uh, the Red Sox in Boston. This is the year. This is the year, 2023, about to be a big home run for Major League Baseball. This is going to be like a uh, a long promo, if you will, for why I am really pumped up and excited about this 2023 calendar year Major League Baseball, and you should be as well. It's not going to be all uh, roses and ponies and Hallmark cards for everyone because it, you know, it's going to be different for your specific team in some cases than it's going to be for the league as a whole or for the baseball fan in you as a whole, whether it be fantasy or reality, because I'm not going to sit there and tell you in the C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati is going to be pretty because they're not going to be pretty. Not going to tell you that if you're a fan of DC and the Nationals, it's going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. In Boston, not going to be pretty. There are a lot of spots around the country that you're going to be sitting there looking at baseball as a whole, being like, you're right, this is a batter year. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, geez, these batters in my room, they're about all I'm looking at because I ain't paying tickets to go see that team play. There'll be a lot of five and dive. Like five teams with a shot maybe in the league, everybody else diving. They're going to be some of that. It's not all glory. It's not all perfect. But man, oh man, is it beautiful if you look at 2023 and what we've got. I was going to put this as a top 10 list, and then I realized, to be quite honest with you, as, as happens, I think, I realized it's putting these lists together like months ago. You come up with like seven or eight, and you're like, okay, these are great categories. It's like, what the hell am I going to put at nine and 10? And then you're just grasping for straws, so I'm not going to do it that way. I got certain kind of categories and pockets I'm going to hit here. But I want you to hit me up on Twitter at Casey Stern. Get in the YouTube comments and let me know what it is you are most excited to see. Who do you root for? Who the hell are you? What are you most excited to see in 2023? And if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, everywhere else you get your podcast, tweet me, hit me up, DM me. I want to know what you're pumped about here in 2023. Because we're getting out of the gates, and I mentioned this the other day with the WBC and even the World Baseball Classic. This year, it's got more credence to it. It's got more buzz to it because Mike Trout is going to be Captain America because you've got big-time names in a lot of the different places representing their countries and what that means to wear their flag and to, to sit there with that pride and that feeling. I, I covered baseball for years in the Caribbean and been there at the Caribbean World Series covering it. I've seen it. You watch you know, I'm not trying to compare this to the World Cup, but you see situations where people feel pride in the stands, feel pride on the field. There's something a little bit different about all that. And the WBC has only brought a little bit touches of that, if we're being honest. Even if you're a diehard fan of the major leagues as, as I am, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, you know, a lot of guys didn't go. Even the guys who, who did go, it's like, it, you know, it, some of the environments. And so it, the whole thing just didn't see, well, you know, what do you mean you're, you're playing? 
you split like it's Little League. It, you know, I remember early on the U.S., and no offense to Derek Jeter at all, but J-Roll at the time was having a way better year than him. I think opened the, the game like two for two, and I think maybe it was Davey Johnson who said they didn't. Okay, I got to put Jeter in. You know, this isn't like how it works. You know, a guy picking his nose in the left field ain't going to play if you're playing for your country. We're bringing that kind of fire because we, as always, are bringing it, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season, everything from NFL playoffs to pro to college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You always get the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, live scores, almost any sport or any game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head over to the website today and use your mobile device and join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code. It's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's betonline.ag, where the game starts as we get started here on this banner year that I'm preparing for in 2023. Mention the WBC. Kind of in the, uh, what I would call the honorable mention category of the main topics I want to get into as to the why. Another one of those I had here was resurgence. Places like Texas and now that improved rotation and the money spent and, you know, that, that beautiful new stadium that we got you know, during the beginning of the pandemic where you had other teams playing there in big spots and not the Rangers and now kind of what some of those big games will look like, which should be fun. Baltimore, where they continue to grow. The Chicago Cubs, who are going to be a lot better. How much better? Depends on some of the growth. young kids. Can they pitch enough do they they do at the deadline to kind of expound upon that but i think chicago gonna give you something from the cubby standpoint always better when they're good when that franchise is relevant so some of that resurgence gonna be good but then i get to kind of the meat and potatoes the the excitement and in no particular order let's start with otani Everything about 2023 is going to have a side of what happens with Shohei Otani. This is a player, regardless of how you felt about the MVP situation with Aaron Judge or where you sat on it, sit with this. Shohei Otani is one of one. I've always said this about baseball cards, and I've always used to joke about you know, for in terms of you know, important you know, people in our lives, and and you think about one of one. That's that's a rare thing. I remember having. Uh, a uh, chef way before we worked together, a Gary Sheffield card when I was a kid with the S's that were upside down. And I was like, okay, it was a mistake card. And it must've been, you know, one of a few hundred. I was like, oh my God. I remember sitting there at the time dialing on the big phone, you know, calling my, my friends in, in my, my parents' kitchen being like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this card. I got to come over and you go trade baseball cards and think about how old I am. But I remember like how excited that, that, that feeling was one of 500. One of one, that don't happen. Otani, one of one. He's one of one. He's a cyborg. He's a unicorn. We throw that around, but it's four guys like Kevin Durant. It's four guys like Shohei Otani. And Shohei Otani even much more than Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't even know what the equivalent would be. Kevin Durant doing it blindfolded. I mean, Otani is one of the best Offensive producers and pitchers in the sport. I mean, he's sitting there in it to win it in categories in both sides. 
He can go win an MVP. He could go win a Cy Young. He could go win both if the team's good enough. That's a rare breed. And when you see the money that was thrown around for Aaron Judge at $350 million, offered four hundred. remember, right? San Diego at that money. Giants offered him a lot of money as well. When you think about, was it 360, I think, San Francisco, 400 for San Diego, if I remember correctly? You think about that kind of money, right, that was out there for Aaron Judge. I love Aaron Judge. Love what he represents, love the way he carries himself. It's New York. It's the Yankees. They had to do it. You know, the home run record on the AL side, all the things that he was doing with the pressure that was on him. Love all that. Give me all that. Not comparing the year he had an MVP with Otani, but let's be fair. There are no comparison to Otani, and I got news for you. There are no comparison to what Otani's bringing you off the field in terms of the dollars, the guys in the seats, the sponsorships, because I can go see Otani every day. I don't got to be in the calendar. If the guy's not pitching, he's in the lineup. I'm watching him one way or the other. I remember what it was like when the Mets got Pedro and I had watched him in, in college in Boston, was there during what I think are the best back-to-back -back seasons of, of all time in this sport, with no offense to Bob Gibson or Sandy Koufax or anybody else. But I was there those two years in school in Boston, watching it and saw Pedro. And then when I watched it covering it, what he was bringing every five days to, to Shea at the time, and that, that, that environment and what that feel was like there. Otani bringing you that, and he bringing you all that every other day because the guy's playing every day. What's he going to be worth? How much are you going to be willing to do to get it? And if the Angels aren't good, as much as they haven't traded him yet, to me, the Angels can't look. We got surprised, and I remember being on the air at the time. I, I was surprised by what happened with Mike Trout. I was surprised. I was. I was surprised. I did not think he'd go back to the Angels. I didn't think that was going to work. I thought he was coming back east. They play for the Phillies or play for the Yankees or play for the Mets or somewhere, come back you know, towards where he's from. And I didn't think it was going to happen with the Angels. So I've been surprised. This is not going to happen this time. Otani's gone. So as much as they played it into he's going to play the season there, and when you're trying to sell a team and the business and all of that, and it's different, you know, is it better off with them? Is it better off without? You know, there's a lot there with the Angels uh, in terms of their the value of that franchise and, and what's going to happen to it and where Otani fits in for the rest of this year. But after this year, he fits in somewhere else. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and this is not a detriment to whether it's the Texas Rangers or the Chicago Cubs or the Seattle Mariners, who certainly be in it, and uh, the San Diego Padres, who I'm sure will be in it. But I've said for the last year now, and will consistently stay this way now, I'll tell you, I feel as strongly about this as I felt when I said at the beginning of this offseason, if you listen to this show, you already could have gotten your Trey Turner Phillies jersey. Because I told you, I think it was the first podcast of the offseason, if there's one move of a guy not going back to his old team that you can bank on, it's going to be that Turner ends up in Philadelphia. Now, that doesn't make me a rocket scientist, but sometimes the writing's just on the wall. The smoke where there's fire, and we're not talking about the arson judge kind, and you just buy in. Shohei Otani in 2024 and beyond well after that is going to play for the Yankees, the Mets, or the Dodgers. That's it. If I'm wrong, happy to admit it. Eat plenty of crow. Pie on, egg on the face, right? Pie on the face. Whatever you want to do, right? I'm going to tie me up to a tree, set up a tennis ball machine, and leave it there. Whatever you want to do. That's how confident I am. He's going to be a Yankee, a Met, or a Dodger. 
Now, that doesn't make me a genius. But what people don't think about with Otani is the business side of Otani and how much money that guy is going to be worth in addition to the four $500 million that he's going to get paid. And you're just, I'm sorry, this is not, this is not like, you know, look, I don't live in New York anymore. I mean, I'm from there, but I've lived there in eight years. It's not, New York's better than everywhere else or LA has, but you know, if you're an actress, right, you're a singer, you can go to Nashville. Don't have to go to LA. You're an actress. You go to New York or LA, not going to Dallas. You're just not. Doesn't mean I don't, I love the city of Dallas. There's nothing to do with that. Not the Cowboys, but you know, Cowboy fans, we know what they are the worst, but it's not a, you know, a bad thing. You're not going to Portland. Great, beautiful city. Seattle's gorgeous. No, you're going to L.A. or New York. If you've got a chance to maximize what Shohei Otani gets the chance to maximize, which is one of one, again, one of one, crossover other sports, put you on the map. You may not be able to get the Angels because of how, you know, they're not good enough and they're not in L.A. They're in Anaheim. All right. May not be able to get them on enough television. I remember two, three years ago, Mike Trout was on like national TV like seven times. I mean, what a disaster. He should be on like 40 times. Then like seven times. That's the Angels. And, you know, Mike Trout is quiet. So, you know, they had to drop a lower third on him when he's at the Eagles game in the NFC Championship game, telling you who he is a couple of years ago. I hope he's at the game when the Giants win coming up here in uh, two days. Wishful thinking. I'm not as sure about that. I think they got a shot, but I'm not sure about that. But point being, Otani bringing it. And and I look, I, I said a year ago he'd be a Yankee. I'm still going to stick with he'll be a Yankee. I know the money the Yankees paid Aaron Judge. You can give me all the money they've paid out anybody. It's the Yankees. The Yankees got more money. You know, everybody talks about, like, you know, Steve Cohen. And, you know, look, I'm a Met guy, right? The Yankees could pay whatever they want, all right? The Yankees are worth more. They could spend more. The, the Yankee money is not like normal money. It's just not. But I think Otani will be a Yankee. I'm not as sure of that versus Dodgers and Mets because of the Cohen factor and because he's already out West and maybe he enjoys it and wants to stay out there. And the Dodgers is a far different thing than the, than the Angels. And they've got that kind of money to spend. So I'm not as sure of that. But I, I, you give me versus the field, it's Yankees, Mets, Dodgers over anybody. But the amount of money that he's going to get, that countdown is going to be such a story this year. And not only the countdown, but in terms of like, you know, the free agent side of it, but the part that we don't think about and the other part that to me is just huge. The countdown until the deadline and is somebody looking to that's in that's got the amount of money to go resign him right, or to sign him at the end of the year or try and get it locked up beforehand. Is somebody going to say, hey, look, you know what? In San Diego, like in Seattle, like, hey, I'm worried about being out there in the open market against the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers. I got to go early. I'm going to give up major prospects to rent and take a huge gamble that the guy doesn't go back out to market as a free agent, which to me, be an idiot not to. You got to go to market if you're Otani. Look what just happened this offseason. I mean, Aaron Judge, and it was all, you know, planned out and good by him. You know, went in San Francisco, sitting there at a hotel, and, you know, one wink, and Yankees fans are freaking out, and you got teams sitting there offering hundreds of thousands and millions more money and all that within matters of minutes. I mean, think about that whole scenario, right? If, if I'm looking at what you've got, being fair, okay, I got to tell you, seriously speaking, we're looking at a situation where you absolutely 
have to believe, you have to believe that someone's going to try at the deadline. I just don't know if it's going to be one of the teams that can already pay. Because if I can already lock the dude up and I got all that kind of money, why am I going to go ahead and go into it that way? And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. You give him prospects, but he can go get him in a couple of months. Or do you feel the other way and say, hey, look, you know, if I do it now, right, I'm in a situation where I got a better chance to, to you know, sell him on what we are and have him want to stay. You know, look, you know, it's again, it's hard to believe you don't go out the free agency, go out the market, but you never know. But the whole Otani situation and watching that, it, it's 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 going to be unbelievably fascinating theater. Fascinating theater. So that's certainly one of the big yeah, I think vantage points you got to look at, all right? I love the young stars in the game overall and watching those stories develop. You know, we're at a point in this sport right now where if you're a real baseball fan, you're jacked up and, and, and pumped and excited in so, so many ways about so many different young stories. And guys who are not just stories as, you know, guys who were rookies of the year or rookie of the year candidates – but guys who now can, how quickly can J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, go from Rookie of the Year to being an MVP candidate? Because Seattle's got a chance to challenge Houston with that pitching in that division. He could very well be an MVP candidate in a season where Seattle's got the All-Star game and are going to be on the map and are going to be paid attention to. You got Fernando Tatis Jr. who fits into the couple of categories that I have here, who we have a huge unknown about what he's going to do, but he's one of the most exciting players in the game. And people could sit there, and I did, about the pinworm and everything else. He's not going to play shortstop, and I don't know what kind of outfielder he is. But the guy is a dynamic player. You got Soto on that team, who, by the way, is still pretty damn young, and he's one of the more dynamic young players in the sport. You got the Spencer Striders. Who I don't care if you're a Met fan that's watching and know a lot of them watch me or listen or not. But this guy's as exciting as any young pitcher in the game. And that's just naming three, four off the top of my head out of what are tons. The young quotient right now and the dynamic nature of some of the young stars of the game, it's unbelievable to watch. And that, that is going to be a continuing thing is just how many young players are at the forefront of so many of these different stories and at, of, of teams and carrying teams and taking on bigger roles on some teams, depending upon what the case is. You look at the kids in Toronto. I mean, there's a lot more in the tank for Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. For And I'm just, again, just throwing out some names as an example. It's going to be really fun to watch some of the young stars in the game, especially because so many are involved on teams that have a chance to win. That's up there for me. The rivalries that are ramped up and in some cases renewed is another reason why 2023 is going to be a home run year for this sport. We saw it with the Mets and the Braves last year for this division and the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves of Phillies. That division and that race is going nowhere for a long time unless you're a Marlins or a National fan. I feel bad. And I love Skip Schumacher and I think it's a great hire. And, you know, you know, what Davey, you know, does and Mike Rizzo, and certainly they got great leadership there. You know, who knows what the ownership situation is going to be like. The Nationals kind of a disaster. Those two teams, good luck to you. Seriously. Good luck. Because if you're sitting there and you're looking at the National League East, the Mets and the Braves, which is such an unbelievable rivalry for me to live through in the late 90s and the early 2000s, in the mid to late 90s, 
early 2000s. It was just so much fun. And then to watch Mets Phillies to see, you know, New York for me, selfishly, certainly as a fan, but you know, centered in the midst of, of all of that with that trifecta. And I do think until Bryce gets back, which Dave Dombrowski said again a couple of days ago, could be around the all-star break that the Mets and Braves have a chance. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to lap them by 20 games, but they got a chance to, to, you know, separate themselves from Philadelphia a bit by mid season. They do as good as I think the Phillies are. And I think they're very good, much improved bullpen. Trey Turner was a perfect fit. We know about the front two guys and Wheeler certainly as, as much a Cy Young favorite as anybody, I think in the national league going into this year, coming off of the way he finished 2022. But I, I think that those rivalries is fantastic. Fantastic. I think in the NL West, what we've seen out of Dodgers Padres and now what it's going to be after what we saw happen to L.A. in the playoffs and after the continued kind of the the it's not just about arms, but the arms race, if you will, between the two teams that you could go back to. Uh, geez, uh, the, the Max Scherzer sweeps. They were going back now two, three years that we've been sitting there looking at this whole thing. Padres got a legit shot to chase that team down for the division this year. They do. They do. I don't know who I'll pick. I got to watch stories in spring training. I probably would edge to LA right now. Still, if it's me, if, if they could pitch enough for sure, but San Diego right there, that that's going to be, how much fun is that going to be to watch? I can't wait to watch that story as the year goes on. Can't wait. We got real jacked up about that during the Jace Tingler year before the year started. And then by mid year, it kind of fell off. And then the Padres fell off the face of the earth. I mean, you know, certainly ramped up last year, culminating, and, you know, climaxing, if you will, in October. Now that thing's going to be fascinating to watch between those two teams. Can't wait to see that. Can't wait. I think the Astros and Mariners and, you know, getting together in the playoffs last year, that 17-inning game, the way that it ended, and, and Seattle sitting there and, and eating all that loss over the course of the offseason and now going into 2023 with the Astros in that bullseye right there, looking at them and saying, hey, they're dead to right. I mean, that's going to be fantastic to watch. It's going to be fantastic. The fact that the Cubs – could be a team that could be much more competitive, which if they can get into it with the Cardinals, you don't find better, better rivalries. Forget about in baseball and all the sports than that when those two teams can fight each other. And it may be high 80s to win that division. And if it is, the Cubs may hang around for a while with the Cardinals and surprise some people. They could I think they're going to be way better. I really do. I think in the American League East, we're going to start to, you know, it, for years it was about Yankees and Red Sox, and then it became Yankees-Rays for a while, and that became a great rivalry. So some Tampa Bay-Boston also. But I think Yankees-Toronto this year is going to be amazing to watch. And I think we're going to see that for the next few years. And, you know, they, they've been back and, back and forth a little bit, but I think now that's going to ramp up. I think rivalries are great for the sport. We haven't had enough of them recently, to be honest. And I think that's another reason why, and I've given you a bunch already, and I'll give you some more, why 2023 is going to be a home run for this sport. The unanswered questions. I mentioned Otani. I mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. Think about, and those are just individuals. Individually, Justin Verlander, a Hall of Famer, what's it going to look like? What are he and Max going to be like back together? And that whole fascinating thing with those two teams battling and you know competing and pushing each other. Does Verlander have another Cy Young caliber year in him somehow at this age? Aaron Judge, how does he follow up last year? What kind of an encore can Aaron Judge give? Can Carlos Correa stay healthy 
be brilliant. It's only one year of the contract, so certainly that you know doesn't negate necessarily what the Giants and Mets were afraid of. But sit there and have the Mets sitting there watching. Who knows? Eduardo Escobar hitting two twenty and with six homers, and Correa is starting an All Star game and thinking about what might have been. You know, what what kind of Carlos Correa do we get? As I said, how motivated of a Tatis Jr. do we get? What about all of the the pressure from some of this past offseason? I mentioned Judge in the contract. All the money and the luxury tax that Steve Cohen took on. And is it going to be worth it? Or is it not going to be worth it? You, know, you think about these familiar faces in new places. Jacob DeGrom and watching that in Texas. Give me some of that. Think about that theater. Rodon in New York. I mean, there are so many of these. Trey Turner, I mentioned in Philadelphia. Bogarts for all that money in San Diego. Dansby Swanson in Chicago. And the list goes on and on and on. Devers with a lot now for a team that could finish in last with getting paid over $300 million. All these big contracts and all this money and how much fans are always, and certainly a lot of people in the media, unfortunately, looking to stick it to them and say, ah, you know what? You idiots, you never should have spent that money. I mean, I think you're getting a lot of that. The storylines are going to be brilliant. Be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm I'm loving all that. The unanswered questions for me and the pressure coming off of some of these offseason moves for me. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then you got the change in the rules. The change in the rules... This is something that we talked about. I remember, and you can go back if uh, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts or you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're getting this right now, you can go back to one of the episodes I did right after the rules came out. I think it was like the next day, maybe two days later with Jason Stark, which was fantastic, going through all the new rules. I did one with Steve Phillips, and we broke these down as well. So you can get that much more in depth. I'm not going to get into the pitch clock much now, but I will say that that could speed up the game and that could help. Look, these are little things. I've always gotten on the league for talking about pace of play. And then they have things like replay and all these things that take so much longer. And it's like, I don't want to hear about pace of play when you're slowing it down yourselves with a lot of these moves, but the clock's going to help. It's going to help. I don't think you'll feel it so much, but some pitchers that drive you crazy and take forever may. You're going to watch Kenley Jansen, among many others, pitch a lot quicker. But the two to me that I'm really interested to watch, and look, I'm not saying one of these I'm going to tell you I think is going to be brilliant for the sport. The other I'm going to tell you is, is a remains to be seen. But what makes it a home run is the entertainment and the interest level and the focus. And both of these I'm going to give you are going to have all that in the bag of chips and starts with the shift. Yeah, I said... You know, many moons ago, you go back to the first episode of this show I did. Talk about 10 things I change about the game. And it was the first episode of Unfiltered. And one of the things I talked about was the shift, that they got to figure it out. And I said this then, and I'll say it again now. You know, nobody told Buddy Ryan he couldn't run the 46 defense. Nobody sat there and said, you know, hey, you know, Huggy Bear, you can't run the press. Or Jim Behind, you can't do a zone. Nobody did any of that. And they, they never should have. And they didn't, right? Because if you can get beat, right, you should get beat. Okay, that's part of it. You've got to learn how to figure out and counteract that. You know, I, I talked about the UFC in the last you know, uh, episode I did. You got a great example of this coming up this weekend at, at, at UFC uh, 283, right? You got Jamal Hill, for those of you UFC fans or, or not, 
uh, fighting Glover Teixeira. And these are two guys fighting for the light heavyweight championship. And, you know, Glover's okay on, on the feet. He's got some power, but he's a guy who can absolutely, if he gets your back or gets you to the ground, you know, ground and pound you to death, submit you, choke you out. And Jamal Hill's got, I mean, you know, rocks in his hands, basically, in terms of the power he's got. But he can't stop Glover from taking him down. He's going to lose. You have to figure out a way. Glover can't avoid the big shot. He's going to get knocked out. Got to figure out a way. Well, you got to figure out a way to beat the shift. And I always felt that. And whether it's hitters are too stubborn or they're not early learning early enough or the money's not there because, look, they'd rather at least hit 25 home runs and get paid for that. They're not going to sit there and as much as they're going to try and get the ball in the air, they're not going to try and spray the ball the other way. We've seen guys have their swings get all screwed up trying to go one way or the other. We've watched eight different versions of Matt Carpenter, for example, from the Cardinal days when he was a guy slapping the ball the other way, leading off in a World Series. So the next time he's sitting there pulling the ball, trying to hit 30 homers, but striking out and grounded, rolling over to second base a million times, and then trying to hit it somewhere in the middle. I mean, guys trying to figure out what to do because they're trying to get paid and they're trying to get their slug and trying to get their numbers and, you know, not line the ball to first base like we've seen many left-handers do forever. Mike Stockis and 900,000 others dealing with that. I think what they did, they had to do to improve the way the game is played because even though it's probably not right and it sucks that it had to come to this, I think you will get more of an aesthetic pleasing view for the fans who aren't diehards. Diehards are going to sit there and say, well, you know what? The shift in, in this and analytics, and I'm not I'm saying against any of that, all right? I'm not. But I do think that if you want to get fans who are not diehards to watch MLB and not think, as I've said for years, it's MIT, meaning it's too complicated and too. They're going to want to see, oh, that's where a shortstop plays. That's where a second baseman plays. That's where a first baseman plays. This is how you line up, right? This is where guys are in hockey. Look, a power play looks pretty much the same for almost every team. Penalty kill looks the same for almost every team. We're not complaining about it, right? So this is where the guys, this is where they play. This is what it looks like. That's a left wing. That's a center. That's a right wing, right? It's not really any different than any other sport. You can have a, a number of different offenses and schemes and be creative, but this is where wide receivers look like. This is where tight ends are. I mean, it's just the way it is, okay? So I think it's going to be a lot easier. The other part is now we're going to really, and this is the interest part, we're going to find out the answer for all the guys who complained about the shift. Now you go and just hit the ball. How many hits are going to be added? How much better is the batting average going to be? How much better is the on-base percentage really going to be? We're going to see. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a, a more pleasing, more aesthetic watch with a little bit more action. And I think that will gradually over the years get better. But I'm interested to see. Now, the one that's brilliant to me that there's no question is what they did with the speed of the game. I used to, as a kid, my favorite non-Met to watch was Ricky Henderson. And because, look, he wasn't my favorite to watch when he was a Met. But I'm talking about when he, you know, growing up when he's sitting there in the 80s when he's on the A's. The guy was at appointment view every single day he played. Every, every time he got the first base, all we want to do watch him get the second, get the third. I remember covering the Red Sox in 04, what it was like watching that Dave Roberts steal. And that, all of that, and being there for that. And I'm blessed to even be there for that. That's how amazing that was. When you know a guy's about to steal a base, it is as fun as anything is to watch. Watching a guy run a triple out and sliding to third as they try and hit the cutoff man from right field is more exciting than a guy hitting a home run. I'm sorry. It just is. Watching a diving play defensively for me is more exciting than watching a guy hit a homer. I'm sorry. It just is. 
So the speed of the game, and I don't think people look into this. You can go back to that Jason Stark episode because he broke down some of the numbers, and he's fantastic with that. But even though the bases are just what seems like to somebody like you and me so marginally larger, it's going to make a difference shortening that path from first to second. And when you're reducing the throws and giving me more of a chance to get a jump, think about it. I mentioned the Trey Turners of the world. You know, I said this about the Mets when they brought Nimmo back, play center field. I need Sterling Marte in right field because that guy could steal 50 bases this year with these rules. I need him to run. I need him healthy. I need his legs. and I need Nimmo to figure out how to run with his speed. The amount of stolen bases, the speed of the game, does that turn into with the shift and the guys now staying in their positions more on the side of second base that they are shortstop or second baseman? Do we see more hit and runs, which to me, we miss in this game terribly. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need, I need, I need. To quote Bob Wiley, Bill Murray's character, what about Bob? Do we get some more of that with the speed of the game? I think, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch and fun. And between the more action, the quicker pace, and now the speed of the game ramped up, I think the rules are going to be there to give us some interest and, and some intrigue and some entertainment. So from rivalries ramping up to the Otani watch and the young stars and the offseason money that was spent and the unanswered questions about some of our biggest stars and big teams, how about the big markets? How about the big markets? I'm sorry, and I know people don't want to hear this, but it's better for the game and the money in the game and the interest in the game. you got the Mets and the Yankees with a real shot. The Dodgers with a real shot. That matters. I mean, it just does. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's reality. It does. You got intrigue nowadays, especially after what happened with them and all the success they've had, a little bit of both, six dozen, you know, half dozen the other, with the Astros in it to win it. Padres built that Q rating. A lot of buzz around that team. In it to win it. I mentioned even teams like the Cubs kind of bringing it back up. In Texas with the Rangers, it, it, you, you got a mix of those big markets that you want. And then you've got also some of the other resurgences that, that got some buzz and some, some, some it factor to them. I could go on forever. It's just, I mean, this is going to be an unbelievable year in 2023. This calendar year for Major League Baseball is going to be the best that we have seen in decades. Book it. You can always book us right here at Unfiltered. Jump on board. Give us your comments and questions on Twitter at Casey Stern, here on the YouTube channel in the comments, or anywhere else that you would like. We will see you next time. As always, we at Unfiltered are presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.